Bullets hummed past my head as I bolted through the alleys beside the poorhouse, a midnight pub in Raleigh where liquor and lyrics made the night wind by as smooth as the tunes that spilled out of it. Before the shots started, I could hear the thudding bass line from inside. But little did I know I wasn't going in. Not tonight. Not while two psychos tailed me all throughout Moore's Square. People screamed, stumbling over benches and running into each other as they nearly broke their necks to get away. How they heard the muffled bursts from the silenced weapons, I didn't know. I guess when panic arrives, it comes in hordes. The two pursuers, I saw them coming from behind, chased me through January's freezing rain. Their black leather coats whipped at their waist while they leapt over benches or over parked cars to keep pace with me, a girl. I'd just crossed over 23 earlier in the week, and I'd intended to visit the poorhouse to hear my favorite band, Funk Up On Ya, and throw back a few Hell's Bells, a delicious beer from Raleigh's own Big Boss Brewery. But, again, not tonight. I'd been standing in line, shivering with my olive parka wrapped around me like swaddling clothes, my jet-black hair jammed inside at the collar, a natural scarf, to go along with the plaid one I'd chosen as an accessory. Not a moment before I'd handed the tenant my money for the entry fee did I hear two pops snap into the brick wall beside me. At first I had only been startled, not hearing the loud bang associated with Beretta. But when my senses came back to me, I quickly realized that the bullets were aiming for me. That's when I dropped my $10 bill and started off between the buildings that spit me out in plain view on Hargett Street, right next to the IMAX. With people screaming and scrambling in every direction but mine, it didn't take long for me to notice that these two trigger-happy gunmen were trying their hardest to take me down. Two shots snapped by my feet, forcing me to skip to the side a little, not wanting the steep heel on my shoes to get stuck in a crevice and send me toppling over and ending up with hollow points in my head. My heart pounded in my chest, thumping wildly, somewhere around 160 beats per minute. I didn't have time to calculate it fully, and the dead knew that if my paranormal advisor Umara Mayorson caught wind that my heart rate had eluded me, for any reason, current situation included, I was going to have to pay in bindings. I couldn't think about that. Not right now. Another bullet zipped past my head, then two more. Were it not for the crowds of people, the gunmen would have been dead before their fingers could have pulled the triggers for a second time. But I couldn't summon in the open. Not if I didn't have to. With people running like mad, it would only take one more alleyway before I'd send them both to the stairway to heaven. I took a sharp right toward the IMAX. Its entrance faced a narrow brick path where the theater sat across from a kids' museum called Marbles, which was, of course, closed at one o'clock in the morning. You can't run forever, the taller of the guys called, firing off two more shots that bit into the brick path under my feet. He'd made the statement for himself more than for me, knowing that his lungs were empty oxygen tanks after all that running. His breathing came in heavy huffs and wheezes. But he was right. I couldn't run forever. Not with the cops on their way, and with the police station only a few blocks up the road, the lights would be here in no time. This'll have to do, I convinced myself, coming to a halt between the theater's ticket booth and the museum walls. When I faced the two of them, the one on the left, a tall, slender man wearing a balaclava and tight black jeans, shied back a few steps, 
his gun tip raising slightly. The handle quivered in his hand, a clear indication that he knew what I was and what I was about to do to him. Wisdom and fear tend to go hand in hand. When we are afraid, our minds prod us to a decision that we should have made. That's what was happening to the gunman on the left. His slowly twisted brow and rapid increase in breathing warned him that whatever he was getting out of this wasn't worth gambling off his soul. Whatever boldness he had that had kept him there was all but gone. He must have seen my lips part a little. The fear of my voice shook the coward to the core, believing that he was two words away from some malediction from me that would cost him his life. But he was wrong. If a summoner had to use her words, she'd gotten herself into a hole she couldn't get herself out of.